1: you'll find anywhere.
2: Indeed. Indeed. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, It was a very stressless Saturday for us. Um, Auburn had a bye week. How are you guys feeling as we begin to crank up LSU week here?
1: Mm, They had some things to get fixed in the bye week. I know we'll probably... We're going to review the schedule. Uh, But uh, ultimately... This schedule, I mean, it was it was one of the easiest schedules that Albert had had um, in quite some time. You know, uh, in, in, over their history, they fared fairly well yeah, at times when they've started three and two, with the exception of Harson's last year uh, or first year, where they lost four straight <laughs> right. uh, in October. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we're we're going to see a little bit about what this staff is made of. Can they rally the troops? Can they find something that looks effective? Because right now, guys on offense, it just doesn't look great. You know, and you could, I mean, and, and I'm not going to sit here and play the blame game about, like, you know, which part of it. It just all has to come together over the back half of this season. And that's what I think fans are going to be looking forward to to project to the future. And, you know, everybody got excited about recruiting, but I'm telling you, if they can't put something that looks serviceable on the field, what's given can be taken away. Because some letter, the ink on those letter of intents don't go dry until mid December. If you're in the early signing period, so that they've got, I think they've got work to do. I think uh, on the field, a lot of time has been spent recruiting, but I don't think we need you. This is better with you as an effective message. If you can't at least at some serviceable level use the guys you have offensively. Rob Roberts is doing an amazing job. Extend him right now, as far as I'm concerned. Don't no, you wait till the end of the season? Just give him. A Bro, run. listen, listen, <laughs> listen.
2: He got scapegoated over at Baylor, and Baylor looks like hot Basura. T.J. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finley carved him up. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Glad to have Ron Roberts <laughs> as our defensive coordinator. Yikes. Ooh. Uh yeah, low, man. low yeah, point. Man. For talk, talk about getting off a sinking ship. But uh <laughs> Ike, how you feeling,
0: man? Um, listen, man. Uh I wanna be excited. I really do, because y'all know I am in my bug right now, you know. Uh, but until I see this offense do something. I can't get excited about it. I can say we've got a chance because every defense left on our schedule looks suspect. But um, right now, I'm just happy, you know, that they've had an opportunity to take some time off, hopefully get some stuff uh, together, and hopefully they come back from this bye week with an offense that looks worthy of what we expected from a Coach Hugh Freeze coached football team.
2: Yeah, I agree, yeah. and 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 I guess at this point, this coaching staff has to. And one of the things I said after uh, the Georgia game is, it appears as though whether we want to admit it or not, our identity is beginning to show. Obviously, we're beginning to see what we're good at doing. Clearly, we can run the ball, but it feels like with the QB position, it seems like the training wheels are on our QBs, and. There were times when we had to throw the ball, we just got exposed. And this is what Hugh Freeze is known for doing, is throwing the football, which is perplexing to me, given that one of your QBs, who's your starting QB, was brought in out the transfer portal to remedy that. So again, you have to hope that during this bye week, these coaches make the necessary adjustments. They're able to determine, okay, based on what we can, we can do, who are our best 11? Let's ride with what we got. Yeah. So I'm hoping those questions, I'm hoping we're not going, we're not leaving LSU still questioning
1: a lot of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, let me tell you this, uh, because LSU is the next game. They're down in Death Valley. A lot of people on my Twitter feed were overly optimistic about beating LSU. I had this in the loss column. I have not changed my mind about this game after watching l s u on Saturday because we'll I Spoiler alert <laughs> right. I say, yeah alert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like I mean <laughs> it's it is what it is they'll they'll have we're gonna to have to see something that we haven't seen yet is what what I mean about why I have not changed my mind. It doesn't mean they can't show it, but we're gonna have definitely gonna to, to see something we haven't seen yet. Well listen,
2: before we start looking ahead let's look let's let's kind of look at what Auburn has done uh through the month of September. Let's see what we did here. You guys ready for it? Yeah. we made some no. predictions. we did <laughs> I know right we did boss toss and loss, and let's just look at what how Auburn actually fared, okay. Obviously, we were correct through the first three weeks of the season, but I think we learned a lot about this Auburn football team in week two. As a matter of fact, it was through week two and week three that gave Mike uh, a lot of—he was no longer confident—
0: I was about to say, he, had, he was the A&M only one with pick. the boss on AM and he completely yeah, went the uh, other direction. I, I jumped I ship
1: that. on that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went right overboard. I was like...
2: <laughs> so just, just, let's let's talk about Dan that because right you you kind of, you, you defected, you defected and much, it was an unpopular decision. I wasn't there, uh, that midweek rapport when you jumped ship. But basically, you just reiterated what you saw against Sanford and you were of the belief that what we were seeing of this auburn offense is what we're going to continue to see until it's absolutely proven it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I had I had two main points after Sanford offensively. What we saw wasn't real and it definitely was not going to carry over to Texas A&M. And it didn't. They looked awful offensively and uh it didn't carry over. Um against Georgia, you know, it, it, I feel like they got some more things going, even though it didn't look great. But still, they took more steps. I mean, I think if they could have played that game versus Texas A&M. I, you know, let me ask you guys a question real quick. Does Right now, does Texas A&M have a better defense than Georgia?
0: I think Texas A&M's front seven and run defense is their playing defense better, is better than Georgia's better. right now more consistently because Georgia still has a good run defense. Let's not pretend as if they didn't okay. shut down Kentucky. Um, but their, the, the back end of Texas A&M's defense is terrible. Uh, okay. And Georgia has they, – they, Georgia is more consistently good one through 11, really one through 22 when you talk about being able to rotate guys than Texas mm-hmm. A&M is. So no – But their starting front seven is really good. Like I, I don't think that that's smoke and mirrors. I think they actually have a really good front seven. Okay. Um, but outside of that, their secondary Mm -hmm. is lost on a consistent basis. Lost in the sauce. Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. So yeah, I mean, Caesar. My whole point about Texas A and M was I didn't feel like we learned much. You know, against Sanford, uh, I know there was some reason for optimism. Everybody was talking about, well, oh, Peyton Thorne almost did something that hasn't been done in, since Dick Marshall, which was throw for 300, one for 100, I believe. I believe that was the the stat. Um, he almost I, hit. He didn't quite get there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. In passing yards, I think, was what came up short, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't think he would be a, an effective runner against Texas a and I just didn't. Um, he wasn't. Uh, and they called a game plan again. Two games straight, I felt were more suited for Robbie Ashford's talents. Now, I know everybody's gonna say, "Oh, Mike, you always you you think Robbie is better than paint. No, that's not what I'm saying. This is a this is a comment about play calling. To me, if you were gonna call the game that way. <laughs> where it's pretty much like the quarterback was is like now nah, no real threat to throw push the ball down the field at all those passes they were calling for don't what Robbie can throw mhm but is also a better runner you just have to call the game and give him a chance to consistently make those passes he hasn't really gotten that chance this season with a healthy shoulder because yeah. the shoulder was hurt all last season cuz there are a lot of people all oh, 49% last year i'm like come on man let's let that go <laughs> So uh, I expect, I'm not going to lie, I picked Peyton Thorne to win the starting job. I thought he would raise the floor. I said it repeatedly. Peyton Thorne raises the floor in this QB room. He has not, which is why they lost to Texas A&M. Hmm. And yes, I will put that on the passing game. If they could have passed the ball, I believe they win that game. Because that Isn't was that what's
2: frustrating game. though, Mike? Sorry to cut you off. Isn't that what was so frustrating about this A&M loss is that we just led with talking about how bad a and secondary was. And we could not take advantage of that. It's not like A&M had a, a, an amazing secondary that caused our passing attack to struggle. No. Right. It was there, we just couldn't do it. Isn't that what's been the frustration
1: with our passing attack this year? Yeah, I think everybody just wants to see a passing game at Auburn, guys. Every time they've been able to muster some semblance of a passing game, they've been in the conversation for a championship. Yeah. Anytime. Nick Marshall was just good enough passing the ball. Cam, you know, just under 3,000 yards passing, but you know, you know, 50 total touchdowns or something ridiculous. Obviously, won the Heisman. Jason Campbell there have only been two 3,000-yard passers in the whole history of Auburn football. So, you know, I thought that this was the year that they would get close. You start paying Thorne, 26 to 2,800 yards, you're going to win a lot of games, especially this year in this SEC. He's on track for fewer yards than Robbie threw for in nine starts last year. Hmm. That's systemic. That's not all on Peyton. That's on Hugh. That's on Phil. That's on on receivers. That's on everybody. There's no way. There's no way. He starts every game. Is it on track for fewer yards than Robbie threw? I think Robbie threw for like just over 1,600. He's on track for under that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And like you said, that's more because the play calling is not allowing for us. To, I mean, which there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Like, and, and it shows that the coaching staff doesn't have a ton of confidence in this passing attack, whether that is a lack of confidence in the wide receivers, a lack it's, of confidence in the pass it, protection, think. a lack of confidence in the QB. It doesn't really matter what the reasoning for that is. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically a big salad of sorry. Right. Like, and... It equates to we are not proficient in the passing game, and we've got to get better in that facet if we hope to win any of the remaining games on our schedule.
1: Well, the way that Texas A&M, they played Texas AM, I ain't gonna lie. Not only did they not belong in a boss column, I feel like that, that if they were gonna play like that offensively, it belonged in a loss column. Because <laughs> there was no chance they were gonna win that game if that's as much offense as they could muster. All right? That's crazy. Right. I I mean go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. They brought they brought QB off the bench and still and, and caught fire offensively. Yeah. You know, the QB whisperer is supposed to be doing the same thing here at Auburn. Right? He said that. That's not me. Don't come at me. Don't at me, bro. He said that. He said, I'm good with QBs, developing QBs. Well, develop the two we got, the three we have. I'm about to say the three that
0: we have because it's clear that we need some development there. I guess what he wasn't adept at is developing chemistry between QBs and wide receivers. So even if the mechanics are better... And we're making better, which we're not making better decisions. So that's not there. But we still have to figure out how to get the the chemistry going between them and, and somebody in that wide receiver core. I don't care if you throw it to the same guy fifteen times. We got to get the ball to somebody that's going to catch a pass and then make some positive yards after that catch. If they're throwing into open windows,
2: yeah. I you 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 had a and m as a toss toss up toss up game there, um, and I was there with you. What were you expecting going into A&M week that, I mean, obviously you expected to see some semblance of a passing attack, but were you just surprised at how they were calling the game and the personnel that they were? Yes,
0: 100% surprised at how we called that Texas A&M game and how much, and this was the conversation Mike and I were having. I didn't think we were going to try to rely on the quarterback run at all versus Texas A&M. I thought it was just going to be, oh, they forgot he was there. He's going to take off for a couple of yards like he did versus Georgia, where it was like, all right, we're just not, we're not,
1: that
0: that Peyton Thorne kid can't run. We're not going to pay attention to him. And he's going to take off running. They're going to be like, oh crap, wait a minute. What the heck was that? I thought that's what was going to happen versus Texas A&M. What instead they did was treated Peyton Thorne as if what he did versus Samford was a repeatable thing. And that's just not a thing that you can expect to be repeated week in and week out because that's not his game. And I thought what we did see from Sanford, which was a commitment to the short passing game, was something that we were going to do versus Texas A&M. Spread them out a little bit more, make them play one-on-one on the edges versus those susceptible defensive backs out there for texas a&m get some one-on-one matchups down the field with our big receivers that we can go throw to i thought we were going to see that and we saw almost none of that for the entirety of that game that was going to lend to us being able to bring some of those guys out of the box not allow them to bring you know that edge pressure that they were consistently getting home with and allow the run game to continue to work I didn't see any of that versus Texas A&M. And that was the disappointing thing is I don't think, even though we had our opportunities, like we can have a debate about whether or not the opportunities were there. I would agree with you going back, watching the film. Absolutely. The opportunities were there with the game plan they called. That still doesn't mean that to me, that was the most optimal game plan playing, right to to win the game. Whether it could have been effective and worked is also not the same thing as it being a good idea to go in with that as a game plan, right? We'll get to a very stupid decision that was made by, uh, you know, a team later as far as making a call uh, in a game where it's like, it could work in theory, but is that the best idea to do in this situation? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. If it works, then you look like, oh, genius, right? But when it doesn't work, you're sitting here looking like, yo,
1: why did we do this? Well, let's be honest, I right? Um, Peyton Thorne, it not clicking for Peyton Thorne, it was not something they, it was clear they were not anticipating that.
0: I don't think anybody anticipated yeah, that. How yeah, that, did right, you right, anticipate a guy who started for two years in the Power Five Coming in and having your pass offense, a guy who's thrown for over three thousand yards in a season, come in and have your
1: pass offense regress. Yeah, yeah who I'm
0: anticipates tell- that?
1: Yeah, I'm right. telling you, it, it was, it was, it was something they weren't expecting, and it put them into scramble mode. Yeah, no shit. What do we do? Literally <laughs> scramble mode, that's, yeah. which is what the quarterback right. has been doing. Scramble. Yeah, what right. <laughs> what do we do now?
2: Well, but but Mike, Hugh Freeze made some he made some strong statements when he first got here in, mm-hmm. in the spring prior to spring practice when he was asked, what is an SEC quarterback, right? Yep. For Peyton Thorne to set foot on campus, and by all accounts of what you were hearing in fall camp, that was another guy who was actually performing better in fall practice. If what Hugh Freeze has said has held true. How do we get here
1: with Payton Thorne? Uh, I think that maybe they were projecting hope. You know, I mean, listen, let's be clear on Holden. Even though I do believe the reports that he had the best camp, it is really hard to throw a guy with as little experience as he has out there with any confidence, right? I'm not sure he outplayed the other two that badly that they would have done that. Right, And I think that that would have had to have been the case for him. He would have had to have been so far and above the other two for him to win the job, which is why I picked Peyton Thorne to win it. I just was acknowledging, hey, so far through camp, all reports say Holden is balling. And so, you know, it, it, it was, you know, how did we get here with Peyton Thorne? <laughs> they, they clearly saw something that wasn't happening. I think, or they misread, they mistranslated. Like whatever is happening in practice is definitely not translating to game day. It's one of those two things.
0: Well, the I, latter- mean, I think that's the, that's the confusing thing because they made it clear that even in scrimmages he wasn't looking good, and they <laughs> thought he was pressing. So they were they were hoping that they, they, they were seeing oh, what, in the oh, scrimmages oh, were they hoping was hoping he high.
2: was Bo Wallace because he oh, Hugh Freeze yeah. said this about uh, Bo Wallace. That's exactly that Bo Wallace was. wasn't all that in practice, but then when the lights came on, Bo was Bo.
0: But,
1: but he's telling us that he is practicing well.
0: Well, see, a, no, but see, that's different, though. He, the scrimmages, though, he wasn't playing. Okay.
1: Though, but though. preseason, right. Yeah. In in yeah. season, they like, hey, he had a, oh,
0: good yeah, a good week of practice. Yeah. A good week of practice. But they're not doing scrimmages. They're doing walkthroughs of what they like. That's seven on seven, and they're running through. Yeah. That ain't the same thing. Like, uh, okay, yeah, I, I see what I'm supposed to be doing on this read right here and recognizing and getting the ball out. But that's not against live defense. I'm talking about he came out and literally told us. He was pressing in the preseason when we were in the scrimmage periods right. and was hoping that starting him or naming him as the starter was going to reverse that trend. And it hasn't. That trend is not reversed. He still seems like he's pressing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's it's baffling to me. Again, how did we get here, right? The, the coaches missed something. That's, how, that's the only way you get here. When you name a starter and he doesn't play the way he's, you missed something. You missed something. Now, what did they miss? I don't know. What I don't like is is that it seems like every time we have a quarterback struggles, everybody goes to blaming everyone around them. If the conditions are not absolutely perfect, the the quarterback cannot succeed. Right? I had one dude arguing with me on Twitter about that last route with, with Jay Fair where, you know, he said after the game that he cut his... route off a yard early. They're like, see, Mike, it was his fault. No, dum-dum. He he recognized (laughs) the blitz, right? And then he cut his route off a, a yard early because that's what they're trained to do. The quarterback didn't see it, and he threw the ball a yard too deep. So it was too high. But you're the dude. Why is it? Tell me why is it? When things go wrong, we look at the guys with less experience and then we blame them for everything. When you brought in this dude, particularly because of his experience, the young guys are taking the heat. And again, but and nobody's excusing away what, what, they're, for- what they're doing, right? Yeah, some of those plays you have to make. Again, I had a big issue with that video that sidelines put out, right? And I think the point of the video was, see, it's not all Peyton Thorn, but the implication was, look, it's the wide receivers. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a good mix of both. We know, dude, we've seen the reports. We've seen the reports of wide receivers not running routes to the right depth. So we can acknowledge that. Listen, man, they have not played up to snuff. We've seen the drops at times. But I'll tell you what, by any professional standard, anybody who rates it, they only had one drop in that game. That's how how contested those balls Peyton Thorne were throwing were. Now, yes, you hope your guys come up with more of those catches. But I'm more concerned about the throws that are there that are not being seen. Because that's the stuff that nobody is, is catching on tape. Unless you're watching film review, plug for Ike, we'll watch the film where you can see. Hey, man, this guy was open. Yeah, But, th- but that's what they're doing. I, I, I just don't get it. Hugh, Hugh Freeze has to get this fixed. And I, I think it's okay. The, the time thing, the give me time thing, this thing is not a time issue right here. This is not a give me time to fix this. This is supposed to look better than this in year one. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be look better than this. Yeah, right? like, to nobody's asking. To expecting a, to... Yeah, nobody's yeah. expecting a championship level offense. I'm just saying it should look better than this. His base level output product should look better than this in year one so far. And the only reason we're we're here, Caesar, is because they missed. Now that's okay. That's all right. But what I have a problem is is I have a problem with you continuing on with game plans as if you didn't miss. Also, yeah. uh, here's the point, thing: if it doesn't close, they, they, I, I they are conti-
0: the game plan is showing. In my opinion, the game plan is showing that it's a miss. But cont- looking at the number of actual attempts that we're having per game, they're saying to themselves, "We know we can't pass the ball." The place where they're not willing to pivot off of is the guy that actually runs this game plan best is not the one that we're starting. They've they've acknowledged by the number of passing attempts, right? We're not going right. to be a passing team this year. Right. You yeah. need right. to figure that something
1: is, that is out. That is so true. Yeah, well, yeah, 14 passes in one of these games. I'm telling you, yeah. I, I pointed this out. That, a, to a me, is an acknowledgment. Times. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, if you're not even, and then in the red zone, you're not letting him throw the ball. Right. In the red zone, you're not letting him throw the ball. So you're right. Like, you know, the, the way you're calling plays is an acknowledgment of a failure of something. Right. Either you don't have the guy, which is disappointing, that you could not get at least more production out of anybody on this roster. You know, and he and 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 I, I think I struggle with this. Um, I don't even know where you're going. You try to pull the punch. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's been intimated to me that the feeling internally is let's get to year two, however we can.
0: I mean, at this point in time, I think that you have to. But let's make a bowl game
1: and get to year two, however we can, right? And. But I think I think there are things that will carry over to year two that you still are problems internally that you have to fix. And and just getting better players isn't going to solve all these things, because when you go up against Georgia and Alabama and Texas and these these teams who have been recruiting at a high level for eight years, you're going to get exposed. That's it. Like, I mean, look, look how. uh, uh, Let (laughs) me look what happened this weekend in, in, in college football. We saw games literally lost on dumb coaching decisions. Some mm-hmm. ob- some obvious, some not so obvious. Something as simple as kneel the ball. <laughs> yeah. It's t- it's tough, man. I mean, I, th- I think this I think what we're watching is not as much a talent issue as it, as it is a coaching one. You know, and you know, you paint thorns your guy then get find a way to get it out of them. Find a way to coach it out of them. Right. And if you have cannot get it out of them, see if you can get out of the next guy. But that's true at every position. Right? Yeah. And I, I wh- think they wh- saw wh- that. Uh, no, I'm sorry, one more point. I think we yeah. saw them do that with the wide receivers. And mm. Sam and Dirk Sanford, it looked like they were having tryouts. They sent out so many different combinations of wide receivers yeah, yeah. trying to figure it out. Now you can only send one QB out at a time. But I think that there is a more effect, there's a more effective, roster you know, arrangement for the game plans that they're calling. And I wonder if LSU, similar to what we saw last year with Harson I don't know if you guys remember they, there was an admission internally by that staff that they messed up. That, and some people may not know what I'm talking about. There was an admission by Harson staff we should have gone with Robbie Ashford from the jump or pivoted earlier because it was not going to click for TJ. They admitted that. And then, before going into LSU, they flipped it up. Now, they didn't win that game, but the offense looked way better. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, what took you so long to get here? Because right. we, we were feeling that during Penn State. Everybody's like, what are they doing? Come on, baby. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, right. this this is the thing I'll say before we get to our break, man. And we, I, we're friends with—well, I won't seem to say friends, but we, we know a lot of these guys. We've talked to them. I think our wide receiver room should take this as a challenge.
1: Yep,
0: 100%. Should take this as a challenge because if—we've talked about this before. In the era of Auburn football that we've all been accustomed to prior to Gus Malzahn— right, prior to the last couple of years of Gus Malzahn where we were airing it out way too much, I think, in those years. Receivers knew their opportunities were going to be limited, so you couldn't make a mistake. If it came your way, you had to catch it. Our receivers need to take that mindset and say, I know I'm not going to get the ball a bunch, but if it comes my way, I'm absolutely coming down with everything that comes in my direction because we need them to do that. We absolutely need our receivers to step up. If we're not going to have quarterback play, that's going to be giving you all the opportunities in the world. If we're not going to have a pass game that's going to give you all the opportunities in the world, we're not going to scheme you open some sort of way. You got to make contested catches. You've got to come down with the difficult ones. I want our wide receiver room to take that challenge from now through the remainder of the year that if it comes my direction, it's a catch I don't care if it's three dudes on me when he throws it my way. It's a catch. Right. If we can get that level of receiver play, we can be respectable in every single game going forward, regardless of what the quarterback continues to do in their progression. Yeah. Agreed. And then nobody has an opportunity to say it's your fault. Don't let people, this is the thing I've been saying repeatedly. If you're going to do your 111th, don't let people make you part of that conversation. Hmm. At the end of the game, say, I did my job and look yourself in the mirror and say, I did everything I could to make sure that we won this game. Right. And let the rest of it take care of itself. That's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do is say, look, man, I, it, it came my way. I caught it. I ran the right route, coach. I blocked when I was supposed to, coach. If you can look Marcus Davis in the eye at the end of that game and you're going in the film session and you can say that, then I right, cool. The rest of it, you can't do anything about. Man, hold your head high. I did everything I was supposed to do, bro. But you got to take that upon yourself to decide that that's what you're going to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. I, how, what's your
2: concern about uh, pass protection moving forward? I mean, um, obvious, obviously teams have have sent the house at us recognizing pressure when it's coming. Obviously, that's another aspect of it, too. When we, when we begin to kind of talk about Peyton Thorne or whoever's back there throwing the ball, not having enough time. Some of this, we, the QB have seen the pressure coming Mm -hmm. and no adjustment is made moving forward. What's your expectation there?
0: Uh, I mean, I just expect them to actually pretend as if they knew it, a a blitz is coming at some point in time and somebody acknowledge it, whether it's an offensive lineman, the quarterback, a wide, somebody acknowledging the fact that, Hey, They have more guys lined up to come pass rush potentially on this play than we were expecting based upon what the call is. We should do something about that. I have seen that so little from this team that it's actually astonishing how little it looks as if we're prepared for blitzes. And I just like to see them at least call it out. Whether you block it right, acknowledge it. What's wild about that is... I'm sure you've seen this in practice
2: because our defensive coordinator loves to bring pressure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me because the collective amount of snaps that the guys along our offensive line and quarterback have, there's no way you're telling me that you you're not prepared for this, regardless of how long you've been in this system at this school, somebody along that offensive line, that quarterback has seen a blitz before in their life, and they can say, hey, look, that dude right there is probably blitzing. Now, whether you know what to do in that scenario, whether you guys have practiced what the the call is supposed to be, at least say, hey, man, there's a blitz coming right there. And then when you don't do it right on that play, you go to the sideline and you say, hey, next time we see that blitz, how about we do this? Yeah. Just act like you played football before. It's cool. I yeah, mean, it, it's it's okay to act like that.
1: I'll just say this, this is the last thing I'll say on it. Um, the 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 message the message I've consistently said this since the off season. And I will. I don't care who comes at me. I'll continue to say it. But the messaging from this staff needs to get better. Right. Um. The message that it's not working because we don't have dudes is a crap message. I'm sorry. That's, it's a, you know, we understand, everybody understands recruiting is important and you may not have as much highly rated talent, but you have to instill a belief in your team that they can go out and win every game. And you don't do that by constantly crowing about how you don't have guys because you need time to recruit. Not in season. I'm sorry. I I don't agree with that. Right. I don't think I don't I don't think that message creates cohesiveness and belief within your team dynamic. I don't. Right. Find a better message. Find a better message for the guys that you have. Get through the season. Continue to recruit. What you say to recruits and what you say to, you know privately, and what you say about your team publicly are two, two totally different things. I don't care what you say privately to some recruit about like, hey, man, you'll be the guy or we need more guys or, you know, our talent is not there. But publicly, you know, stops these guys listen to this stuff. They do. I'm telling everybody that's listening to this would we'll be on a shadow of a doubt with the fact that these guys every Monday after every Monday presser these guys hear what this coach has to say about them. you know, and that had the, and, the, and the idea that well, we don't we need guys we need need guys while you're already in season has been an unpopular one. Get it fixed. I don't like listen i I, I don't think this is intentional. Right. But you need to be able to take this constructive criticism, man, change your messaging, because belief is a very powerful thing when you're going up against somebody who's better than you at something. We've seen I've seen this my whole time filming Auburn. I saw that team beat more talented teams than them because they just believed that they could. And they worked hard in practice and they did the things. And then you you go up against somebody who thinks, well, we're Georgia all right you can think that certainly but that's the i mean not respecting your opponent is the best way to get outworked on saturday and completely taken by surprise right and if you can instill in your team a belief that listen okay like they got stars but we have heart we have work ethic you know we've got belief we've got Brotherhood, we've got all these things, and we're going to go out, we're going to take all these things, and we're going to put it together on Saturday, I don't care who they got. Peyton, I don't care what you did the first five games. You're going to play like a Heisman today. Right? Robbie, I don't care what you did last year if you're going to put them on the field. Whenever you touch the field, you're going to be the best player in America. I don't care what people say about the offensive line. Right? You guys are going to do enough for us to win, and we're going to take advantage of it. Let's go beat the hell out of them. That has to be the message. Stop with all the, we don't have guys, we need to recruit, anytime," time. We need patience. I don't want to hear that right now. We're in season, man. You got games to win now. Start talking about next year after the season's over. At least to the fans and to your current team. Recruiting is something completely different. (laughs)